reaching Israel and the world. Baruch Hashem, bless the name of the Lord. Welcome, beloved, to another edition of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia, very, very important episode today on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Yes, yes, it's, it's a time of truly going to a deeper level of repentance yeah. in the Lord. And repentance is a good word. It's, a, it's a, a place of turning away to be brought into a higher level with God. People think it's a bad, but it's a good time. It's good to face our sin and the ways we know we need to change. What's so great about it as well is the fact that we know that Yeshua once and for all has died for our sin. Yes. Hallelujah. So that we can come before the Father with a heart full of knowing that He loves us, knowing that we're accepted, knowing Hallelujah. that we're His beloved. So I pray today that God will give you the confidence to come fully into His light through the blood of King Jesus. We're continuing our study today in the Lord's holy days. These are God's appointed days. Once again, I want to read Leviticus chapter 23, verse 4, to set the stage for the broadcast. Hear the word of the Lord. These are the appointed times of the Lord, holy convocations which you shall proclaim at the times appointed for them. I want to encourage you to watch the previous two episodes in this series because it really gives you important structure to understand today's broadcast. I want to draw your attention, beloved one, to something today that I had not previously pointed out. I'm going once again to Leviticus or Vayikra in Hebrew, chapter 23, verse 4. Hear the word of God. These are the appointed days of the Lord. These are the appointed times of the Lord. Now you'll notice when you look in your Bible that the word LORD there is in all caps, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Whenever we find God's sacred name in the Hebrew Scriptures, which is composed of the Hebrew letters Yud, He, Vav, He, the English translators simply translated it as LORD. Oftentimes, God's sacred name, which He revealed to Moses in the book of Shemot or the book of Exodus, it's often pronounced a breathy Yahweh. But I want to clarify something. When we speak of God's sacred name, it's not a noun. Generally, a person, place, or thing is a noun. In other words, God, our Creator, cannot be defined or limited to simply a proper name. In fact, His name, yod heh vav -Hey, is actually a verb that represents continuous, unfinished action. When the Creator first revealed His name to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, He said to Moses, when Moses asked Him, what's your name? The Lord responded to Moshe, to Moses, I am that I am. Often translated as well, I will be what I will be. And so God cannot be limited to a proper name as if calling him, you know, Mark or Joe. I know that's ridiculous, but oftentimes when we think of somebody's name, it is something that we can easily identify the person with by the name. But our Creator is not limited to the name yud heh vav -Heh. In other words, He's beyond any proper type of limitation. He's unlimited, He has no beginning, He has no end, and even the name that He gave us, 
once again a breath, the Yahweh is not a proper name as we would commonly think when we have people that have been named. For example, I just had, uh, you know, uh, someone born into our extended family and we, we named this individual when, when they were born. But their name is different than the Creator's name, yud heh because their name basically is a proper name that defines who they are. But we cannot define God. He's beyond our limited ability to do that. And so I just wanted to clarify, once again, getting back to these appointed times, the Lord said, these are the appointed times of the Lord, and the word Lord there in Leviticus 23, 4 is God's name, yud heh but it's not a proper name as we would have when we name a child. It rather is a, a name that connotes continuous, unfinished action. The Lord said, I am that I am. I will be who I will be or what I will be. God is unlimited, and we need to reverence Him as such. Now, with that said, I also want to say that these appointed times, beloved, as I've stated in the previous broadcast that we've been discussing, are for everybody that's a believer in Father God. These feasts are not just the Jewish holidays. They're not just the holy days of Israel, but rather the Creator said, these are my appointed days. So if you're a believer in the God of Israel, through Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah, these days are for you as well as for the nation and people of Israel. Now, with that said, in the previous broadcast, I talked about the first of the holy days that Jewish people often call Rosh Hashanah, meaning head of the year, because they believe that it was on this day that the Lord created the world. But biblically, a more accurate name for this holy day is Yom Truah, the Feast of Trumpets. And we talked about how this holy day, the Feast of Trumpets, had significance in its initial historical context, but it, that it's also prophetic. Again, you need to go back and, and watch the series. But the point is, is that on the first of the seventh month in the Hebrew calendar, the month of Tishrei, the children of Israel were commanded to blow a trumpet as a reminder. And we spoke about the fact last week that they blew the trumpet, and when they did, when they blew the shofar, it reminded them how the Lord appeared to them on Mount Sinai back in Exodus chapter 19. That when the Lord revealed himself to Israel so that over a million Jewish people, Israelites, at the base of the mountain saw his glory and heard his voice, God's revelation of himself was preceded by a cosmic shofar that sounded from heaven. Now, once again, I said that these holy days, these appointed times of the Creator, had application in the initial historical context as well as being prophetic shadows. They pointed to something in the future. So when we ask ourselves what the Feast of Trumpets would point to in the future, it brings us to the book of Thessalonians, where once again the Lord is going to come down from heaven, reveal himself to all mankind, and the scripture says it's going to be preceded by the blowing, once again, of a cosmic trumpet from heaven. The trump shall sound, and Jesus will be revealed to all humanity. By being a Jew, I was surprised the face that I had him preaching the Jewish Jesus. I said, Let me go and see. 
because I don't know Jew, Jews to be good evangelists like this, but this one is quite different. As a Jew, all he knows should be the Old Testament. As a Jew, from what I read in the Bible, he knows it very well. I think what I should be asking now, how is it that a Jew is teaching the New Testament? And if you ask me that question, I would say because he got better understanding of the Old Testament. Because all we have heard is that Jews don't believe in Christ. But this one opened my eyes. It's one of the reasons why I'm here, to hear a person who is a Jew preach Christ for me. How many of you want to make up your mind tonight for the first time to give your life to God? Raise your hand. John the Baptist, the greatest miracle he did was bringing people back to the kingdom, reconciling men. And that is actually what Rabbi is doing. And he leaves the rest to the power of God. We saw the gospel being preached in a very simple way that people can understand and relate to and respond. If you've never done that before and you'd like to do that tonight, would you raise your hand? So many, all the way and back. Wow, so many tonight. Has your faith been built up and your passion renewed through Rabbi's teaching from the Old and New Testaments? Are you receiving revelation today that is bringing you a brighter tomorrow? If you've been blessed by the teachings of Rabbi Schneider, we would like to invite you to partner with us in reaching Israel and the world. Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835 to join in our mission to equip the body of Christ, build the church, and evangelize the world. Your help extends the reach of discovering the Jewish Jesus into places we could never touch without your partnership. Together, we are making a difference and preparing the way for the return of King Jesus. As I closed last week's broadcast, I talked about the fact that we are living in the days right now, children of God, leading up to his soon coming. In fact, Jesus' last words were, Behold, I come quickly. Now, I know that many of you have heard this proclaimed for years, Yeshua, Jesus, is coming soon. But when I list for you what the scripture tells us, Things will be like on planet Earth. Let me say it another way. When I give you a list now of the types of things that will be happening in our world immediately before Yeshua's return, you're going to know that indeed his coming is nigh. Let me review those with you. Last week I talked about the fact that Yeshua's coming is going to be preceded by gross sexual perversion on the earth. Particularly, we brought it back to Sodom and Gomorrah as Jesus told us that his coming, it would be preceded by a time on earth that was similar to the time of Sodom and Gomorrah. What was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah? Extreme sexual perversion and widespread homosexuality. We're certainly seeing that in the earth today. And then the breakdown of marriage. We read that in the last days, men will forbid marriage. And today, what are we finding? More and more, there's a mindset. Why get married? Why take the chance of getting married and being divorced? We can enjoy all the blessings of marriage without actually entering into a marriage covenant. We're seeing the breakdown of marriage. And then we saw also, as we looked at the scriptures last time, that in the last days, Again, the last days are leading up to Yeshua's return. We find that men will be lovers of self rather than lovers of God. And now more than ever, people have cast God off their lives and they're just pursuing boldly hedonistic pleasure-seeking, just indulging themselves in everything that they think will satisfy the fleshly desires. We're living in a time where the world has 
broken off the yoke of God and they've taken onto themselves the yoke of hedonism. They're pleasure seekers seeking after the things of the world rather than a relationship with God. And then we found that more and more nations are going to be focused on hostility towards Israel. Once again, even here we're seeing in the U.S. as President Trump named Jerusalem as the city where our embassy would be. We saw hostilities rise and these hostilities against Israel will continue to mount. Pressure will continue to build. Tension will continue to rise. It's happened and it's going to keep happening. It's leading up to Yeshua's return. I love the next one. Yeshua said in Matthew 24 that before his return, the gospel would be preached throughout the whole world. And as I've been saying last week, what we're seeing today with the coming of television, radio, the internet, now is a time that's unique in history for the gospel to spread across the world because through these media technologies, almost the entire world now is hearing the gospel. Jesus is getting ready to return. And then finally, we ended last week with the fact that Daniel told us that before the return of the Messiah in the last days, he said there would be a great increase in knowledge and in travel. And we are living today in the age of information technologies. People are traveling all over. We travel all around the world. We can get to the other side of the world by plane in less than a day. What we're seeing is phenomenal considering that these prophecies were written thousands of years ago. How could Daniel have known thousands of years ago that in the last days knowledge would have greatly increased and he saw people traveling to and fro across the earth? How could he have possibly known that unless he was indeed seeing vision in the spirit? And beloved, the vision that he saw was in the spirit. It's happening today. In fact, Jesus quoted Daniel as a true prophet whose words spoke of his soon return and what things would be like on planet earth before he did return term. Those were review from last week. I want to just give you a few more before we cover today the next holy day called Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Just a few more signs that will be happening on earth before the Lord's coming. False prophets, false teachers, and false doctrine. Beloved, what are we hearing today from so many preachers? We're hearing false doctrine. We're hearing preachers talk constantly about money, money, money. It seems like every message from some of these preachers is about money. It's a perversion of the truth. It is true that we need to sacrifice our income to God. It's a, a good rule of thumb is never less than 10%. And if you're more than 20%, you should really pray about it. But if you're giving your finances to the Lord in a way that you're putting him first in your life, between 10 and 20% of your income, you should have confidence that you're walking before the Lord. But sometimes today, people are hearing messages that lead them to make unwise decisions. And the reason is, beloved, preachers are preaching for their own purposes oftentimes. We're hearing a tremendous amount of false doctrine today. Even the message of grace, which our salvation is founded in grace, but if all we hear is grace and we never are challenged to repent, something's wrong. Because Jesus' first words were, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. John the Baptist had announced Jesus coming. His first words were, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. But so many messages that people are hearing today don't involve the message of repentance. We're hearing 
false doctrine, the scripture tells us that in the last days, men would accumulate for themselves false teachers that would tickle their ears, that would tell them only what they want to hear and not challenge them with the truth. Finally, beloved, we find today such a removal of the truth of the Lord from the universe that here in the Western world, the leader of, of, the, of the earth, really America, is the leading nation in the world in many ways. And what have we done? We've taken the Ten Commandments off of public property. And more and more, the Holy Spirit is pulling back as mankind is throwing off restraint. This is all setting the stage for the Antichrist to arise and for King Jesus to return and crush him under his feet. And so that sums up my word to you this year, beloved one, on the Feast of Trumpets. I need to move quickly now towards the next holy day, which takes place 10 days after the Feast of Trumpets. It's called, listen now, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. It's the most holy day in our calendar other than Shabbat. I remember as a young boy going to temple every year for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Jews all over the neighborhood were in temple on these two sacred holy days. Yom Kippur, beloved, is about atonement. That's why it's called the Day of Atonement. In the Hebrew Scriptures, we read about it. In the book of Exodus, in the book of Leviticus, the high priest would take the blood of a bull and the blood of a goat and bring it into the temple. He would then bring it to the most sacred room in the tabernacle and then the temple called the Holy of Holies. In that room was the Ark of the Covenant. Inside the Ark of the Covenant was the Ten Commandments. The high priest would take the blood of the bull and the blood of the goat and pour it on top of the altar that was the covering of the Ark of the Covenant there. And as the blood was poured on top of the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord forgave the sins of Israel for the year. For the Lord said in Leviticus 17, 11, the life of the flesh is in the blood and I've given it to you on the altar to make an atonement for your souls. Everything in Israel's history involved the blood atonement. Passover involved blood. The blood covered the children of Israel, protected them from judgment. And as we look at Israel's history on and on, it was always through a blood covenant. It culminates, beloved, in King Yeshua's crucifixion. This is what the whole book of Hebrews in the New Testament is about. That in the Old Testament, every year the high priest had to bring in the blood. But now that Jesus has sacrificed his own blood and died for our sin on the cross, once and for all, through that one offering, through his shed blood that took place one time, our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future in him for everyone that will receive him. It becomes to them a free gift. You can see why Yom Kippur is the most holy day of the year because everything starts with forgiveness. Until our sins are atoned for, beloved, there's no way that we can have a relationship with God. I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today. Admit your guilt before God. Just say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying for my sins in the person of Jesus. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Father, I receive your gift of eternal life. Father, thank you that you're a happy God and that you love me and that you forgive me. Father, I rejoice in your salvation today. I love you. Jesus, I receive you and your forgiveness in my life. 
Help me now. Empower me to live for you, to put you first, and to be your witness in this world. Right now, King Jesus, I forever give my life to you for all time. Beloved, your sins are forgiven. If you've prayed that prayer and you've received Jesus into your heart, your sins are forgiven and all darkness is washed away. And you can begin anew, begin a fresh new day today. You know what, honey? I was thinking of what I shared just a few weeks ago when I talked about the fact at our worst moments in life, God's love has never failed us because of the atonement of King Jesus. Jesus removed the sin barrier. Yes. Because of what Yeshua has done for us, beloved ones, God loves us unconditionally and manifestly at all times. Yeah. Now there's times that because he's disciplining us or teaching us something, he might not allow us to feel his love. But Jesus has removed the sin barrier. We praise your name, Yeshua. Yes, yes. You know, and I believe there's some people out there right now that they've, they've had sins upon them, but they've, they've been living in denial and they've built up walls of protection so they don't have to deal with the pain of knowing their faults, of thinking about their faults that they can't do anything about. But I know that today God wants you to just bring them before him. That's yeah. the beauty. It's not about us. It's about bringing them to him yes. and that he did the work at that cross of washing away the sin and giving us a fresh new vision for our lives. Yeah, you know, the truth is, is that that which hides in the darkness remains in the darkness. Mm. But when it's revealed and it comes to the light, when confession of sin is made yeah. and forgiveness is asked for through the blood of Yeshua, that which was darkness gets cleansed mm. and becomes light. Wow. And that's what the scripture says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you might find grace and help in time of need. Yes. I just want to encourage all our viewers right now, there may be areas in your life, beloved one, that are causing you shame. Some of you, it's because of something that's happened in your marriage. Mm. Maybe you've been just angry towards your spouse all the time. Maybe you've been verbally abusive. Some of you perhaps that are married have even committed adultery. I want to encourage you, if you've not brought your sin to the light, you need to bring your sin right now to Father God. Ask Him to forgive you and cleanse you and sanctify you in the name of Jesus. You see, there's no sin that the atonement of Jesus is beyond reaching. His, his atonement is perfect, meaning that there's nothing that anybody can do other than rejecting Him that will keep them from experiencing the love and the shalom of God in their mm. life. Honey, we just have a few seconds left. Just wow. speak a blessing for our people and, mm. and a word of uh, prayer for them. Wow, thank you, Father God. You change our ashes into beauty, and so it is with our viewers right now. You're taking it. You're taking all of the sin, the darkness, washing it away, the beauty of God is upon you today in Yeshua's name. I pray that God's doing something very special for you during this important time of year. One of the things that scripture tells us that really helps us understand how much Father God emphasizes this time of year is the fact that three times a year, the Lord commanded the children of Israel to present a special offering to him. 
and the culmination, beloved, of these fall holy days that we're in was all of Israel coming to Jerusalem to present a special offering to Father God. I want to invite you this year to present a special offering to him through discovering the Jewish Jesus. If Father is using this ministry, beloved one, to bless you. The truth is we're reaching people all over the world, but we can't do it without the help of God's people. If God is blessing you through this ministry, if you're discovering more of the Jewish Jesus through this ministry, beloved one, I want to ask you right now, would you present a special offering to Father God through discovering the Jewish Jesus right now? I want you to know everything that you do is going to come back to you, pressed down, running over into your lap. God loves you. I love you. God bless you. And shalom. Here's how you can partner with us. Send your special Fall Holy Days offering to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Donate online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives, and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers chapter six, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, speak these words over my people and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yahweh <laughs> Ya'er Yahweh p'nabelecha v'chunecha. Yisa Yahweh p'nabelecha v'asem lecha. Shalom. May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, his beloved child, to give you his peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Messiah, discovering the Jewish Jesus, reaching Israel and the world. The Feast of Tabernacles is a time of realizing that all blessings in our lives come from God. Next week, cultivate a deeper sense of thanksgiving to the Lord during this fall holy day.